Welcome back to the Game Masters Academy. This is the show where we strive to help you make every one of your sessions great. My name is Greg. Thank you for joining me. A couple quick announcements. I went ahead and started my Patreon early. There will be a link within the description for the podcast. If you're catching this on YouTube, I'll make sure that that's in the description for the channel as well. Um, again, it's just going to have the uh, lots of world builder focused type ideas. I'll probably have a shop or a, some sort of a building of some kind. Uh, a curator that runs it, whether it's a shopkeep, tavern keep, a librarian, etc., uh, with a basic personality description and, and whatnot, as well as the um, custom monsters that I make for World Builder. Those will all be uh, through Patreon. Um, mainly, it's just a way for anybody that's interested to uh, be able to support the uh, show, uh, but still get a little bit of uh, some goodies. So that is up and running and available. Uh, feel free to come on through and check it out. Even if you just join, um, that's great because uh, I'm also going to put some uh, sneak peeks on there as well as like content that I'm working on. I'll probably utilize, um, even for just through the free stuff, uh, polls there as far as content that people are looking for. Uh, it's a great way to be able to reach out and talk to me. Um, as well as the Discord server that I play on, so feel free to join me on that as well. With that all out of the way, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode of the Game Masters Academy. And what I want to talk about is a little bit of a shift. And so, if you're a first-time Dungeon Master, and you're running a game, and you're running for first-time players, there may be some confusion uh, regarding the players' roles. Now, when we play the game... We are playing as a class, but all a class does is give you the means to accomplish the role that you're playing. And so what I mean by that is if I am playing a tank, right, then my role within the party is to take as many incoming hits as possible, protect the other party members that don't have really good defensive capabilities and ensure that the enemies continue to beat on me, dish out some damage. Uh, And so what I'm trying to do is encourage people to attack me. Now, there are multiple classes that we can take to fulfill the role of tank. Um, Quick examples would be something like fighter, barbarian, paladin, things along those lines. And so those classes are what give us the capabilities, or I should say what give your players, characters, the capabilities of fulfilling the roles that they have uh, within combat. And so every role is not a combat role. There are plenty of non-combat roles as well. And so I want to go through a lot of them. Um, This is by no means me trying to tell you that this is the only way that you can play uh, a role or by, you know, definitely you can't play this particular character out of its role or anything along those lines. I actually thoroughly enjoy playing characters that are not meant to really play one way or the other and kind of put them in a position that's different than their traditional role that they would have. So, for example... Uh, a 
sorcerer or a rogue is typically bard is typically considered your face role and that's the social interaction they have extremely high charisma scores they've put a ton of investment into the charisma skills potentially even have expertise in them and so during a lot of the social interactions they've got a great persuasion a good deception etc well a ranger is not typically excelling in that particular area but there are certain subclasses like fey wanderer that i would actually argue are better than any other subclass or any other class as face skilled uh, characters and so we'll we'll get into all of that. I don't know if we're going to go into every single one of the roles in this particular episode, but we're going to go ahead and start looking at them um, so that way we can discuss them as we go. Hey friends, just wanted to uh, put a shout out here to Describe. All of my introductory music, all of the world builder music, sound effects, uh, anything along those lines, ambiances, comes from Describe. They're the Ennies award-winning company that can match you up with game music, can match you up with descriptions on different um, events, different settings, and uh, provide you with the perfect soundtrack to place over that. If you're looking for the best way to add immersion to your games, take a look at Describe. Follow the link in the description Use promo code GMA at checkout for 10% off and do yourself a favor and give the immersion that your game desperately needs for a super easy, easy fix. Check out Describe and I promise you'll be glad you did. So let's take a look real quick at what the roles are. And then we'll potentially match up some classes to them. So I'm just going to do a quick brief overview. Uh, for first role would be Blaster. So we're talking about your AOE damage dealer. Second would be Controller. Uh, and that's going to be controlling the battlefield with um, area of effect or zoning type spells or crowd control. Uh, defender. Um, and that's again that tank, same kind of idea. Uh, face, we kind of already touched base on. Uh, you've got a healer. A librarian would be all of the knowledge skills. Uh, scout. Uh, you have a striker, support, and utility caster. Uh, utility casters are a lot of non-combat type spell casting. So let's break them all down and we'll go into a little bit more detail in them. So first and foremost, the blaster. Uh, a blaster's role is to do significant damage to a wide variety of creatures. So if you're typically what a sorcerer would be, in flinging fireballs, dealing massive AoE damage, cone of cold, things along those lines, where you can do significant amount of damage to a number of targets every single turn as your main you know, damage for your party. Uh, it's similar to Striker, but Striker would be more of a single-target damage dealer. Um, also dealing with um, disabling or debuffing, um, but uh, the Blaster is all about putting out damage, putting out DPS, blowing up as many people as possible, uh, hitting lightning bolts, things along those lines. 
Next is going to be controller. Um, I think this breaks down into two different types of controller. We already kind of talked about that. Uh, so you have control on the battlefield. So you would place potentially like a, a spike growth somewhere or a moonbeam, um, things along those lines that can alter where people's padding goes. And what I mean by that is most monsters aren't going to just run through a wall of fire. And so you can utilize the wall of fire to funnel people or control the battlefield. Uh, so that way you guide the creatures to the location that you want them to go. Uh, the other alternative to controller would be crowd control. Things like hypnotic pattern. Um, there's large groups that um, creating you know, difficult terrain, plant growth, things along those lines for crowd control. Uh, then we get into Defender. Um, you have a couple of different options here uh, as far as Defender. It's basically the person that can take all of the hits. So you're a Barbarian in Rage, um, Paladin in Plate, uh, Fighter wearing heavy armor. Those types of things would you typically be Defender. You've got two main options here. You've got Area Control, um, and that would be something as simple as uh, Grappling. So you grapple a t uh, an enemy and then pull them away from your squishy spellcasters that are in the back, uh, as well as uh, some polearm mastery sentinel type combinations. And so you can utilize those two feats together to prevent the uh, particular targets from getting to your backline. Uh, next would be like a, a taunter, um, and that would be things that compel uh, a, an actual enemy to attack you. And so you, that breaks down into a couple different type of ideas. Uh, ancestral uh, Guardians Barbarian, when they hit all other, uh, that particular target that they hit, if they were to attack anybody else, it would be at disadvantage and it would have the damage that they do be reduced. So they basically gain resistance to the damage. And so by doing that, you're encouraging that enemy to attack you as a barbarian instead, which again is always better than if they're attacking somebody else. Other things are like compelled duel, um, and uh, I, I guess you could use suggestion for that, but it'd be much easier to use suggestion to just tell someone to run away. But um, you get the idea. Um, after Defender, we, we talk about Face. Uh, so your Face is a skill-based role, and it's your social interaction. We already talked about it, but they're the, they're the party leader. But because they probably talk about how they're the party leader, nobody might want to admit that. Um, but it's, uh, you know, skills in, or I should say proficiencies in deception, persuasion, intimidation possibly insight, um, maybe performance. Uh, the idea here is this is the individual that you typically want talking uh, when you need the king to give you extra money so you can go do whatever it is that you're going to go do. And so that's the face, the, that is the face role. Next would be uh, healer. Uh, and in 5e, healing is so just weird I think I've talked about this before. It's almost always better to let someone go to zero hit points and then heal them than to try to prevent them from getting to zero hit points. 
And um, real quick explanation for anybody that might not have heard this before. If I'm doing 25 damage and I hit the fighter, and the fighter's maximum hit points are 50, so there's no worry of instant death. But if I did 25 damage and I hit the fighter uh, from full health, the fighter just took 25 points of damage. If I hit him again and they go down to one, let's say, then they took 24 points of damage. Well, if I hit them with another 30 points of damage when they're at one, they only took one point of damage. And so they go to zero. All of the 29 other damage that was dealt just disappears and doesn't exist anymore. And then as a healer, you heal them for 1d4 plus 3 or whatever it is for healing word, depending on the character that you're using. They stand back up with, you know, 5 hit points. They get hit for another 25 points of damage. Well, 20 of that just disappears. And so I think you can get the idea here. So the easiest way to mitigate a ton of damage being dealt to the team is to let your party fall to zero and then basically heal them a little bit. Which, personally, I don't like. The idea of being knocked unconscious, being healed, and then being knocked unconscious again with no consequences whatsoever. Uh, So... You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. I tend to want to homebrew that if there's, you know, something happens and someone falls unconscious and then you get them back up, that there potentially are additional negative side effects that come with that. But the issue with that is, is that healing is significantly behind the amount of damage that a creature does. And so, you know, like, even in the Dungeon Master's Guide, it specifically says that uh, healing should be doing uh, D10 or 10 points of of, uh, healing, but uh, we use D8s for cure wounds, and most of the time we're not even using that. We're using healing word, which is just a D4, and so you lag behind the damage that a potential enemy got incoming. So it looks like um, the the, uh, 1D&D, they buffed healing spells to 2D8 and 2D4, uh, which I actually think is good, as long as there's a stiffer penalty that goes with that for going down to zero. Uh, I think those kind of need to go hand in hand. Getting off on a tangent. But the idea here is one of the roles is a healer. And that healing can be done through uh, using cure wounds and healing word. That healing could be done through prevention. Uh, And so that would be done by something like heroism. So if you've got a high ability modifier and you cast heroism... Uh, you are on the person that's going to get hit. Every single turn, they're getting temporary hit points, so you're preventing damage, which is kind of like healing, eh, but uh, you get the idea. After that is the librarian, and that's all knowledge-based skills. Arcana, nature, religion, history, things along those lines. That 
it's also the guy that knows where to go to get the information that everyone's looking for. Uh, and so, you know, some of the backgrounds are like, well, if you don't know where it is in this particular library, you would be able to know what library the information is in. And so that's very, uh, that could be a very important role to have in a party to know where to go, what to do, how things uh, should proceed, I guess, or how we should uh, attack the particular problems that the party is facing. Next would be a scout. Uh, scout is uh, two different types. You've got infiltrator, uh, which is basically to sneak inside. It's what it sounds like. You're sneaking into areas that you're probably not supposed to be in. And then also trap finder. Um, and that's where you can find and disarm traps and um, pick pockets, pick locks, things along those lines. Striker, we already talked about a little bit. Uh, so it falls into two different things. Uh, single target damage. So you've got just, you know, I, I think of a, a samurai that uh, gets to make all of their attacks at advantage when they have, let's say, they're level 11 and they're attacking three times a turn and then they uh, action, action surge and attack three more times a turn. You're just basically piling on a pile of damage onto any one particular target. Also, uh, would go for uh, something that's a little bit more control-oriented for single-target type controls. So like a single-target hold person, for example, uh, would kind of fall into that same category as well. Support uh, is party buffs and debuffs. Um, you've got buffs like haste, bless, um, heroism, we already talked about that, uh, aid, uh, anything along those lines. And then we have debuffs, which would be like bestow curse, uh, fairy fire, um, hex, things, things along those, um, things along those lines that can be, uh, fulfilled. Most of the time, your buff and debuffs are done by spellcasters. And then the very end, uh, the last one would be utility caster, which is, uh, divination, teleportation, non-combat problem-solving, typically done through magical means, but not always. So, you know, you've got a, a ranger that's using survival and whatnot to track and to gather food, things along those lines. So it says utility caster, but it could be just utility in general. So... When it comes to this, each class has a specific role, and a lot of times each class can fulfill multiple roles at the same time. And um, when you're playing in a group, especially if you've got a low number of, of characters, let's say you've only got four characters, your, your group composition is, generally speaking, the best when you can dip into two to three of these particular roles with your class selection, and there's very little overlap between you and your other members. So some obvious synergies here for roles would be, um, for example, a uh, wizard that is um, proficient in a lot of the knowledge-based skills, so that way they can take on this librarian, seeker of information type of a role, but they're at the same time taking um, crowd control spells 
as well as uh, striker spells. So, you know, they might not specialize in a bunch of AoE damage, but they are going to specialize in single target damage with, you know, high level cast um, uh, different spells that are uh, just for one particular enemy. Um, a lot of times I think of Lightning Bolt as a single target spell, even though it's really not. Um, but there's Psychic Lance, there's uh, a Magic Missile, things along those lines. But you can see how now this wizard is able to fulfill multiple of these particular uh, roles. Uh, you put that with a Scout, uh, I should say. You put that with a, a Rogue that is able to obviously take on the um, Infiltrator type role within the Scout, take on the Face, and then also Striker for single target damage. And so... You work as a group to really get a good understanding of team compositions and how it is that individuals within the uh, party are fulfilling those particular things. One of the things that I have a tendency to do if I'm playing is I'm going to assume that whatever role that it would be a typical role that you would fulfill is the one you chose. And that's bad because I assumed. So what I mean by that is you hear that somebody is a holy warrior and you probably assume that they're a paladin and that they're going to go around wearing heavy armor and that's great. And then you, you know, interact with the individual and they are doing some weird leather-based armor where they're a paladin that's multi-classing with a rogue and basically trying to you know live the the batman experience that's great but when you go in expecting things one way and they don't come out that way for your team's um this is the above board conversation for your uh party composition i think it's important that we express what it is that our characters are going to try to be fulfilling as far as roles go so that way we can try to branch out as much as possible it's very challenging if you've got a team of four fighters that are all single target damage dealers when they go up against something other than just some humanoids and so i think at session zero having that conversation is uh, important for the best team uh, chemistry as possible so uh, that's my take those are the roles i think that what we'll do is we'll do another um section on this about each one of the classes and how each one of these classes is able to best fulfill specific roles and so you can play any class in any way it doesn't mean it's optimized for that but that's totally fine, especially if you've got a great story for it. But certain classes just stand out as being, this is a great class to fulfill this role. Um, and certain classes are very dependent on the subclass that you take. So something that jumps out at me about that, for an example, would be an artificer. Uh, if you pick an armorer, you're great as a defender. And if you pick an armor and you end up using infiltrator armor instead of guardian armor, you're great as a scout. But if you pick an arm, uh, an artillerist, then you're probably not either of those, and you're going to excel as your striker. 
um, where you're going to do a ton of uh, single target uh, damage to something. And so that's just one example how the classes themselves can really uh, be very subclass dependent on uh, what role they're going to fulfill within a party. So that's what we'll do for next week. Um, we'll take a look at all of the uh, different classes and the natural um, synergy that they would have with the different roles uh, and then uh, kind of go through how all of that looks. So uh, thank you for joining me. Like I said, come hang out with me on Discord. Feel free to stop by the Patreon and get some uh, basic updates on what's going on. And uh, obviously, if it's something that you want to um, contribute to as well, then I obviously that's great. I appreciate that. And if not, that's fine as well. I appreciate you as well. Uh, feel free to you know subscribe, like, follow, do all the good stuff for the algorithm. And I will see you all next week. And as always, let's let the dice decide.